Romans 10 verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to this life-changing message preached by Reverend Patrick Tamako of Kodesh Family Church, live from the Care Center. This message preached at the Revelation Sunday service will revitalize, refresh, and strengthen you. Be blessed and built up in the faith as you listen. seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Praise. I was teaching the first service a song and I was thinking I should teach you also another song. Do you want it? Are you sure? Is it that we want the song, same song or a different song? Which one? They want the same song? Alone, the same thing? Okay. They said they say they want the same song, so bring it up. So it goes like this. Tell somebody first that God is working out. One thing I know. One thing I find, God will work it out. God will work it out. God will work it out. One thing I know, one thing I find. Second part, God is working out. God is working out. God is working out. One thing I know, one thing I find. God will That's it. You got it. So. Remember the song. We're going to sing it after. Are you happy? Let me give you one more. I used to teach this church song. I started teaching the song in the church. You know, when the church was very young. Amen. This is also another short. I like short, short phrases. You know. And um, I believe some of you might know this already. So we lift you high. Yahweh. Yahweh, we lift you high, Yahweh, so we lift you high, Yahweh, that's all the song, we lift you high, Yahweh. So we lift you high, Yahweh. 
So we lift you high, Yahweh. So we have been talking about those who are proud. <laughs> it's a nice topic. What do you think? Yeah. And um, the Bible says that all scripture is to your benefit. Amen. All scripture is to your benefit. Say with, say with me. All scripture is to my benefit. Do you believe what you are saying? All scripture is what? To my benefit. It's good for you. Hallelujah. All scripture is beneficial to you. Hallelujah. It says that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that all scripture, not some scriptures, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable. Hallelujah. It is what? Profitable. That means that no scripture come to bring you a loss. It's profitable. It's profitable. Amen? Amen. And so, if you believe this, I believe that you and I will be blessed before we leave here. Amen? So, we're talking about those who are proud. And um, when you look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1, it says that be careful to obey all the commandments I am giving you today. Amen. Because we said that all scripture is what? Beneficial or profitable. And we are being instructed again that make sure that every command that you hear from the Lord today, you observe and obey to do. Amen. And he says that then you will live and multiply. So you see that there is a command. And right after the command, it tells you what you are going to get. After you do what the command is saying. He said, then you will live and multiply. And you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to you to give your ancestors. Remember how the Lord, your God, led you through the wilderness for 40 years humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you will obey his commandment. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. Hallelujah. So God humbled the people and made them anger that he can feed them with manna. Amen. Now, manna is food, but manna is angel's food. <laughs> that shows how much God loves us. Manna is the food that the angels were eating. And God decided to give it to us. You read the verse or the passage how did God come to give that manna to eat? Because people were out wilderness. They were grilling. They were murmuring. They were complaining. They were sad. Go back to Egypt to eat garlic. No, you know, it's sad. If you come in, 
uh, wells in the wilderness. Why can't you give us meat to eat? So the people were very proud in the wilderness. Amen. But maybe we will not. Sometimes we actually, this morning when I was having my quiet time, and I will encourage everybody to read Psalm 78 from verse 1 all the way. Psalm 78. Today my quiet time was on Psalm 78. You guys. That's what people want. <laughs> yeah. And God, sometimes we thank him for what you have and not forget about what you don't have. Amen. You know what I said? Sometimes you thank God for us and don't complain about what you don't have. It's very important. Amen. So why do I need to humble myself like the way God humbled this in the wilderness? Why do I need to humble myself? And the first key I want to give you is because you need to humble ourselves because God resists the proud. What? God fights, opposes proud. Why should I need to humble ourselves? And number two key, reason why you think about pulling ourselves under the mighty hand of the Lord is so that Bible says the grace to the humble. So, so you can see that the word of God is what Yeah. The reason why I need to humble myself and you need to humble yourself because what fights people is proud. It's not devil, it's not sad. He's sitting down. But when it comes, it's not him. It is himself. The fight opposes the person who is proud. And then the second reason why you and I need to be humble is because God gives grace. He giveth more grace to the humble. Amen. Amen. And so we are advised to, we are being advised to humble ourselves before God take the mantle to fight us. Amen. Now, if you tell me I should humble myself, you just came, you are my dad or you are my mom or you are my teacher or you, you, you are my spouse, you just came and tell me, humble yourself, humble yourself, oh, humble yourself. I mean, how? How am I going to do it? You know? How am I going to humble myself if I don't know how to humble myself? Because, because we have so far, this is the third week, right? We have learned what people call humility and what people call proud. Some people, when they are tall, they say they are proud. Some people that they, they say they are humble because when they are say, you, they start a sentence with please and end with please. That's other people's idea of, oh, these people are oh, humble. Pa. But starting the sentence with please and ending with please doesn't mean that you are humble. It's courtesy. It's just common sense. It's just courtesy. It doesn't make you humble. Yeah. Or some people that the way they dress make them. Some people, when the pastor come out from the car, they take the pastor's bag. Some people bow down. So people have all manner of ideas what they think humility is. But you and I, let us not be fooled. But because people have taken people's bag and have become uh, orangs. We don't say orango anymore. We don't want to offend anybody. We say orangs. Yeah, orangs. People have taken people's bag. People have said, please. Oh, yes, please. People have even said, my Lord, and they have become orangs. Right? So, how is Jesus trying to teach us how not to be proud and be humble? So, let's look at Jesus' way. Right? So, two keys. I gave you the two keys. First of all, God opposes the proud. Second, God will give you grace if you humble yourself. Matthew chapter 18, verse 1. About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? 
It's a good question. And in our church, we are encouraged to ask questions. No question is foolish. Just make sure your question is pertaining to what is being discussed. Hallelujah. Who is the greatest among us? That's number two. Yeah. Jesus called a child over to him and put the child among them. Hallelujah. And last week I was sharing that I like Jesus' style of preaching. Jesus don't just give answers. He sometimes illustrates the answer that he's trying to give so that he has more supporting evidence, convincing evidence to what he's saying. Because you can say one thing and do another. In Acts chapter 1, the Bible said the things that Jesus began to do and teach. Hallelujah. Somebody can just teach you without doing. But Jesus was doing before he started to teach. That the same applied to Ezra. The Bible said that Ezra, he studied the word of God. And he began to do the word before he started to teach the word. Hallelujah. What, the, what, do you, what are you learning? It means that don't listen to somebody who say and don't do. Simple. Yeah. Prince, why are you laughing? Yeah. I'm the leader of the church. Yeah. You lead by example. I, I, last week I was telling you, I come here early not because I live right there. Yesterday when we went to the uh, Agabapto Fest, but I now live seven minutes from where the Agabapto Fest was being done. Yeah. Some of us live three hours from where the Agabapto Fest, or some six hours. Yeah. So I come to the church before you come, not because I live right across the street. No, I live one hour, 45 minutes away from you. And I don't leave the last person in the church because, oh, I'm, I don't have anything doing. Because I am leading you by example. I'm teaching you that there are some people that think your color doesn't know time, doesn't respect time. And you as a Christian, you must remove yourself from that. Yeah. You must re remove yourself from that. When they say interview start at 12, 11 30, you are there. So that the people will take you serious. Yeah. Other than that, you come 12 05 say, ah, and that one. No. We said it. Yeah. Yeah. We said it. That they don't respect time. They don't know time. Yeah. So Jesus put a young child, and that's what we learned last week. That the greatest among must be like a child. And I illustrated to you that we can put uh, Gabs or Bethel or any of those children. We can see them fighting here over a toy which belongs to one of them or does not belong to any of them. And one minute after, you see them talking. But you and I, when it comes to issues like of, of the heart... You say that I didn't buy your ticket to America. So you don't have to talk to me. You, six o'clock, you look at six o'clock, the time is six o'clock, and you will still be fighting. You wear a jeans and you wear and then lay on the bed. Say, don't touch me. Even though you know that Jesus has said to you that, do not let the sun go down upon your wrath. But because we are very disobedient and very proud, we are not like the little children. 
even though we are born again Christians. So Jesus is teaching us that each one of us, for us to be the greatest in any sphere of life, whether it's in the marriage, whether at school, whether in the church, whether in any gathering, for you to be the greater, you must have a heart of a child. What is the heart of a child? A child believes anything. I can tell Joshua that I can buy him the whole of America. Joshua will believe me. But I can't tell Brother Joe. Said I was born last night, but I was not born. <laughs> Joe will tell me that. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. So the first key Jesus is giving us how to humble yourself. How can I humble myself? The first key Jesus is giving us that you and I need to be like a child. There is no other way. It, I mean, if you want to be the greatest, you have, you have to be like a child. Yeah. A child can, they can be said, sit up, down, sit. They don't complain. But elderly people in the church, they say, oh, are we children? Are we children? So that's how we talk. Are we children? Because children are the people that can be manipulated like that. We ask you, yeah. Are we children? One church, we come, they say stand, they say sing, they say lie down, they say cry. What is all these things? What are these things? Yeah. How does this help us? The second thing, so I, I'm not just posing, we are not just saying that humble yourself, or God is not just saying humble yourself. Jesus is teaching us how to become a humble Christian. Hallelujah. And the first point is what? Be like what? Be like what? Great. Luke chapter 22, verse number 23, 26, 23 first. It said the disciples began to ask each other, which of them will ever do such a thing? That's when they betrayed Jesus. Then they began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. Again, see, it's, it's amazing. Like last week as I was studying this particular scripture, this is the time that Jesus said that one of you is going to betray me and is about to die. And here... The people, the followers of Christ, they are rather fighting over titles. When their master said, I am going to die. Instead of thinking about, hey, what can we do? What, what is going to become of us? How can we help? What legacy are you leaving for us? What, what, are you, what, what do you want us to do? Rather, fighting who is the greatest among them. It means also that they, they actually want you to die quickly so that I can take over. <laughs> I can take over the mantle from you. Yeah. Who is the greatest among them? But Jesus tried to show. They said, but ye shall not be so. But he that is the greatest among you must be as the what? The younger. And he that is the chief must he as to what? Serve. So two keys, if you don't learn anything at all today, as you came to the service, two things that you need to go home with. The one first one is you need to be like a child. The second one, you need to be like a servant. Hallelujah. Amen. So now can we start the message with this understanding? Great. So we are on reasons how to humble yourself like a servant. All right? Now, prophet says something here in the book. He said, humility is to make yourself a servant. Jesus likened or linked humility to 
being a child or being a servant. The act of being a child or the act of being a servant must be studied and meditated upon as long as you, we live on this earth. He said, pride is the invisible and dangerous enemy of all of us. The more successful you are, the more invisible and the more dangerous pride is. Pride is a specialist at bringing people down. Yeah. Why is pride a specialist? Look for the scripture. Proverbs said, before a fall, before anybody will fall, the first thing, the first sign that, that proceeds before somebody falls is pride. I think I watched a documentary, I've forgotten the title, but it was about this giant of American companies that somebody, they asked, they interviewed, they asked that, what, so what was all, there was something common about all this Freddie Mae and all these companies, but one day there was a crash, the credit, uh, this thing, they asked that, what was the common denominator with all these guys that caused them to fall, and they said the answer was pride. Because they became big companies, like nobody was able to control them, nobody was able to tell them anything. They were doing everything that they can do. And pride sets in. And then the next thing was a fall. But I pray that may pride not be setting for you. That may you even humble yourself before God decide to humble you. May you humble yourself because the circumstances of life begin to humble you. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. He said, pride go before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Hallelujah. Yeah. It is easy to say to somebody, be humble. Yeah. But what exactly can the person do to make themselves humble? Should he stop smiling? Should he stop wearing old clothes? Should he bow when he's speaking? Should he live in an old house? Should he speak with a soft voice? Should he have a wise, sheepish grin every time he speaks? Should he smile when there is nothing to smile at? Or say please before an end of the sentence. I think there are so many opinions about what humility is. But the best person is Jesus. So, what does it mean to be humble like a servant? Number one. When you are humble like a servant, are you listening? When you are humble like a servant, you are happy and willing to do many jobs. When you lose this humility, you are no longer willing to do many jobs. Yeah. If you want to see someone who is a servant, look at the person what they are being asked to do, if they will do it. If Rawlings, may he rest in peace, if he is not dead and he stand in election with all those people, he will win them again. I'm not in this, I'm just saying that. Because he went to the gutters. How, how many Ghanaian, Ghanaian presidents have you seen them go to the gutters with the people? None of them. Yeah. He's popular because of the things that he did. He worked with the common people. Yeah. John, chapter 6, verse 12. If you lose humility, you will say, I can't do many jobs anymore. Whether it's in the church, whether it's in the house, whether at workplace, 
if you want to see those who are humble, look at those who are flexible. They will do anything. Yeah. They are the, those who are humble. It's not those who are sitting on the table. Last week we learned that. If you want to see the greatest between people who are sitting by the table and those serving, the one serving is the greatest. It's not the one sitting by the table. That's what Jesus taught us. He said, when they were filled, this is Jesus, so this is when he has fed the people. He has fed the what? The people, when they were filled, he said to his disciple, eh? he said to who? Jesus said to who? Jesus said to who? Yeah. So in the church, let's say we are likening, who is that? Who will be likened to Jesus in the church? The leader or the pastor. Yeah, God forbid, I'm not Jesus. Yeah. Then, who will be likened to the disciples? I want you to understand because we have been having a problem in this church. And I'm trying to solve the problem. Because some people have realized that when we preach, you don't understand what we are saying. So my way of making you understand the scriptures that we are showing is being shown there. Because it is, this is real life. David told me that today he learned from John chapter 1. His life is a light. And light gives what? Direction. Alright? So Jesus' life that he lived is a direction for us. So he, 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 he told his disciples, gather the fragment. Do you know what fragment is? Yeah, you are very good. What's fragment? Like a piece. Yeah. On the ground. The scraps. Your, your, your scrum. Your father said that. Yeah, you see? Gather them. And who is gathering them? The disciples. Gather them. Now, if somebody is a disciple and you are too big, you say that, oh, this is below me. Right there and then you see who is proud. The person who is humble, they gather the fragments. Yeah. When everybody has left the church, the person that you see cleaning the church, that's the one that is humble in the church. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. When everybody has left and make a mess, the one you see cleaning the church, that's the one who's humble. Yeah. Not the one that came to sit down, everything's done, they came to sit down. Yeah. Yeah. Gather the fragments that nothing be lost. But I just want you to know that Jesus told his disciples to do that. Hallelujah. 2 Kings chapter 3 verse 11. Another example. I'm giving you a second example. Yeah. So when you lose the humility, you will not gather the crumbs anymore. When the pastor said, gather the crumbs, he said, look, I am here before all these people. This, another person should do it. Yeah. I'm a very important person. Yeah. But Jehoshaphat said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat. Now pay attention. Here is Elisha. The son, Elisha's father is called Mr. Shaphat. Elisha's father is called what? Mr. Shaphat. Elijah's father, Elisha's father is not Elijah. My son is David. My biological son is David. 
Michael Donko is not my son. But Michael Donko pours water on my hand. Ask my assistant. Are you understanding what I'm preaching? Yeah. So when they wanted somebody who was a servant of Elijah, they said that there is somebody called Elisha. And what does he do? When Elijah has eaten his food, he is the servant that poured the water on Elijah to wash his hand. Yeah, because if I speak, you will not understand certain things. I want to make it very clear for you to understand what I'm preaching. The one that is helping the pastor. The one that is being asked to do whatever. I didn't tell her. Rabbit didn't know that she was leading prayer. I just told her, go and lead the prayer. That's it. And wasn't it powerful? When you were here, wasn't the whole place like was on fire? Yeah. If you are a big person, you said that, oh, you have to give me advance notice before. He will say that, oh, I have not prepared. When are you waiting to prepare? When are you waiting to prepare? Are you more than the Holy Spirit? And does the Holy Spirit live in you? If he lives in you. Elijah was pouring water on Elisha's hand. Hallelujah. But if you lose that ability, you say that, oh, me, I'm not supposed to pour the water. I am supposed to do, you know, the big things. We leave the water pouring for the small boys. May God show us mercy. Say mercy. Point number two. When you are humble like a servant, you, you are willing to be trained in your work. When you lose this humility, you're no longer willing to receive training. So if you want to look for someone who is humble in this church, someone who is willing to be trained, See, in our church, if you are a pastor, you have gone to Trinity College, any college that you are going, we respect all those things. But if you want to be a pastor of our church, you have to be retrained. Yeah. If you come to this church, you have powerful voice. You can sing all the notes on the keyboard. You have to be retrained. If you don't allow us to retrain you, you can't sing in our church. Yeah. I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse since 2011. I've worked with a few facilities. Some of the facilities, the code for fire, some is code red. Another facility is Dr. Red. Now, it's the same fire. Imagine I went to facility A and the code is Dr. Red. And then when they when I see fire, I say code red. Do you think anybody will move? That's why you need to be retrained. Yeah. The first thing Jesus did when he after picking his disciples, he began to train them. But when you are too big, you said that, oh, I know how I cannot be trained. You see, when John the Baptist said that, behold, the, the son of the Lamb of God. And then two of his disciples follow. Jesus had to retrain these two disciples. They said that, teach us how to pray. 
like the way John taught his people how to pray. Yeah. So, you want to see someone who is uh, uh, humble, they are willing to be retrained. When the person is not humble, they said, oh, I know it already. You can't, don't have to train me. You see, even as a nurse, af after qualifying as a nurse, I cannot start my work. I have to be oriented again by a nurse to train about the facility that I'm working with. Yeah, Joe. Because, you see, it's a nursing facility. Even the needles that is being used, they are different needles. Yeah. You can use, some facilities use different needles for uh, 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 ID. Some using different needles for subcutaneous stuff. Yeah. So it is not the same. So you have to be retrained. It's only when it comes to church that Christians don't want to be retrained. We don't want to be retrained, but at work, we will submit ourselves to anything. We are trying to build a mega church and a great church. And for the love of God to fill the church, you ought to be retrained. Yeah. But when we lose this humility, say that, I don't want to train. Ushers need to be retrained in the church. I look at them, I don't know what they are doing. Yeah. But if I, you, I said, let's they will come one, two, and they stop. They don't know what they are doing. Because they don't watch the ushers that they, they don't watch. They don't they do are not watching. Yeah. As an usher, you come to church 30 minutes later before the church starts. You don't understand what you are doing. Because I know that you as a person, you will not go to work 30 minutes late. Prince, do you go to work 30 minutes late? What time do your work start? I want to ask you. Yeah. Today was four. No. Why? <laughs> Why wouldn't you go five o'clock? Yeah. I start work as a nurse in 11, 11 o'clock. My shift has started. I don't go to work at 11 o'clock. I go and start my rounding before even I take over the key and count my crosses. Yeah. So I am not just coming to this church as early as the pastor. It shows in my, my career also. Yeah. And if for adventure I will be late, I will call somebody that I will be late. But in the church, I don't, I'm, I ain't calling no pastor for anything. I'm calling no leader for anything. I'm in America. We are in America. I'm not calling nobody for nothing. That is pride. I'm describing it for you to see. That is called pride. Because you call the person pastor. Do you know what it means to call somebody pastor? Do you know what it means to call somebody daddy and father? It means the person is responsible for you, your son, if he calls you daddy because you take care of him. So whatever you say, your son has to do. The same applies to the pastor. Whatever the pastor tells you, you need to do. If he wants whatever God has put in him for you. Many Christians are walking around broke. Because we won't do nothing for no nothing. Walk to the church late. I don't care. 
we think that we are doing the pastor a favor. You see, as far as I the grace of God, have me, I'll, I'll do what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to teach you and feed you. I'll do my part. You have to stand before Jesus. Everybody has to stand before Jesus and answer for what you did and what you didn't do. So I'm trying my best to do my part as a pastor to feed you. I call on you, check on you. Even though you are not talking to me, I'll still send you test messages. I know you can't send me because you are very proud. But I'll send you test messages. I'll call you. I'll check on you. My work, I will do my work. Yeah. Even though the Bible tells you that you should submit yourself to those who are in authority because they watch over your soul. You are not talking to me. I will talk to you. When I see you, I will say hi. I will shake your hands. But I know you cannot talk to me because you don't have the spirit of God in you. And nobody should get upset if what I'm saying is not you. Smile. But if it's you, then this is the word of the Lord to you. That you are proud. And Jesus is trying to help us to deliver us from the pride. Yeah. Deliver us from the pride. Yeah. If it's not you, why should you be upset? Don't be upset. Yeah. It's not you. you see, I learned this lesson. One of our, our pastors, one day, we had a meeting. And a senior pastor came. Charlie, the, the firing was heavy. People were taking cover. After the meeting, and I said that, oh, Charlie, the way we were fired, pa, some people are discouraged. And then the other pastor told me that, no, 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 no. Me, I'm not discouraged. I even said that, oh, we probably should have separated us and deal with those who, co who committed the issue. So that those of us who didn't commit the issue, you know, we don't have to hear that. He said, no, 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 no. If what was said, you have not done it, why are you upset? Because sometimes there are certain corrections that need to be done generally. There are certain corrections that need to be done privately. Hallelujah. Are you here? Ecclesiastes 4.13. So if it is not you, please don't be upset. But if it is you, I will advise you that you change your ways. Better is a poor and a wise child. Wow. Than an old and foolish king. Who will not, who will no more be admonished? Wow. The Bible is, uh, I mean, comparing a king to a child. So, when we cannot be advised, the Bible is saying something very great to us. But I pray that you will be able to receive advice. Amen. Are you going to receive advice? Are you sure? Are you? Because all that I'm doing, I'm, I'm advising you. Yeah. Number three. When you are humble like a servant, you do not need to be seated in a prominent place for, of honor. When you lose this humility, you must be given a prominent place. Hallelujah. <laughs> John 3 verse 30. He must increase. I must decrease. Yeah. Only John the Baptist I've seen said that. Only John the Baptist is not looking for the position. He said, he must increase and I must decrease. John the Baptist said, my leader must increase. I must decrease. Hallelujah. Are we here? And then the last one is when you are humble like a child, 
<clears throat> you want to serve. <laughs> As I'm preaching the message, some people are playing table tennis with you. You say, what about this? What about that that you say? What about this? What about that? What about that? When you are humble like a child, you want to serve. When you lose this humility, you do not want to serve anymore. You want people to serve you. Hallelujah. What I'm doing, do you know I'm serving you? Yeah, it's service. Luke 8 verse 2. And a certain woman which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene. <laughs> Out of whom seven devils and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod Stewart, and Susan, and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. Hallelujah. What is a servant? He is there to minister to the needs and the wants of others. When you have lost the humility of a servant, you do not want to serve anymore, but you want to be served. Stand to your feet. God bless you for listening to this message preached by Reverend Patrick Samaclo. Be sure to join us next and every Sunday live at the Care Center, 225 North Island Street, Albany, New York, at noon for Revelation Service.